Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. But again, welcome to Discovery Point Church. We're glad that you're here to worship with us. Uh, what an awesome time of worship to be reminded of who Jesus is. He is our living hope. Amen? Amen. And um, we're going to spend some time this evening in God's Word uh, just, just realizing how much of a hope he is for us. So will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in our place. Thank you that Jesus is our hope each and every day. And Lord, as we come to your word as we talk about the struggle with sin, remind us that you are our hope. Not the government, not ourselves, but you. And so may we keep our eyes focused on you today. We love you, Jesus, and we ask these things in your name. Amen. You know, I would really like to meet the guy who said that when you become a Christian, when Jesus saves you, that everything is going to fall into place and your life is just going to flow. I'd like to meet that guy and lay hands on him. You know? Because that's just not true. The Christian life at times can be a very difficult life. And whether you know it or not, we are at war as followers of Jesus Christ. We are at war with Satan and his fallen angels. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's angelic warfare. And if we could see the spirit realm around us, we would see just how fierce the warfare is. See, when Jesus saved us, we, we kind of crossed the lines and, and left the realm of Satan, and, and we were placed into God's kingdom, and suddenly Satan's after us now because we're no longer serving him. We're serving the Lord Jesus, and he doesn't want us to serve Jesus. And so we have this target on our backs, on our front, and everywhere else because Satan wants us to live a life that discredits what Jesus has done for us. But there's another war, and that's the war with the world. And if you've turned on the TV, if you turned on the radio any time here in the past year, you know that it's, it's practically open season on Christians. The world hates us. And the world is doing everything it can to discredit us, to marginalize us, and to cancel out our witness for Jesus. Jesus puts it this way in, in, in John 15, verse 19. He tells his disciples, If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Did you hear that? The world hates you. And if you're a pastor in the UK and you're preaching on a street corner and you offend somebody, you get arrested. If you're a pastor in Canada, 
a neighbor to the north, and you're preaching on the sidewalk, and you say something out of the scripture that offends somebody, you get arrested. Matter of fact, if you're a pastor in Canada today, and you try to hold a worship service on a Sunday, you go to jail. And we're not too far from that here in the good old U.S. of A. But there's a third war. And that's the war within. The war that oftentimes you don't see and I don't see, but it's that war that happens within us. Now, it's true that we have been saved from the penalty of sin. Uh, in, in, in Romans 5 and 6, Jesus justified us so that we now have a right standing before God the Father. And he has declared us to be righteous. And he has thus saved us from the penalty of sin, which is an eternity separated from God in conscious torment and in hell, and ultimately, ultimately the lake of fire. And he is saving, or one day, excuse me, he will save us from the very presence of sin. In Revelation, it talks about God destroying this creation, and he's going to make a new creation, a new heavens and a new earth, where there will be no sin. And we will spend an eternity worshiping Jesus and serving Jesus in a new creation, absent of sin. But presently, today in our context, we, we are being saved from the very power of sin each and every day. And whether you're, you're, you're a new Christian or you're a mature Christian, Jesus is moving us, the Spirit is moving us to that place where we begin to sin less. And again, not that we were sinless, but as we walk with Jesus, we begin to sin less. And last week, in Romans chapter 7, Pastor Gregory mentioned that, that Paul had bared his soul and gave us a little glimpse into his life. And if you've got a Bible, will you turn with me to Romans chapter 7? Where we're going to see the struggle that Paul dealt with. And the struggle that Paul wants to address in my life and in your life today. So Romans chapter 7 And again, last week, Paul gave us this glimpse into this war within that he was struggling with. And I want to pick up the text because Paul wants to answer the question in Romans 7, verse 13 tonight. In Romans 7, 13, Paul says, Therefore did that which is good, the law, become a cause of death for me. Did the law become a cause of death for me? And so for context, say, let's pick up the text in verse 15 of Romans chapter 7, where Paul says, For you have not received, oops, that's next month, sorry. Uh, verse 15, For that which I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing that I do not wish to do, I agree with the law, confessing that it is good. Verse 17, so now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which indwells me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the wishing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I wish I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not wish. Verse 20, 
But if I am doing the very thing I do not wish, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me, Paul says. And then we get to verse 21, and it seems as though Paul has taken the time to reflect upon his life and the struggle between sin and, 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 and keeping the law and the struggle that is within him so that when he wants to do good, he doesn't do good, but he, he does what he doesn't want to do, and he's taken the time to think about this. And in verse 21, he comes to a conclusion. Look at verse 21 with me. He says, I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. Paul realizes that evil indwells his flesh. That sin indwells and infects his flesh. And by way of extension, it indwells my flesh and your flesh. And we have this very same struggle. Now, I love how the Amplified puts it. It says this in the Amplified Bible. So I find it to be a law, rule of action of my being, that when I want to do what is right and good, evil is ever present with me, and I am subject to its insistent demands. I like that. Because that's what Paul is saying. Whenever I want to do good, evil is always present continually within me to want me and cause me to do what I don't want to do. And the truth is this, there is a war within us, brothers and sisters. And the struggle is between our will, which has been freed from sin, and the will of my flesh, which seeks to, to master me seeks to overpower me, seeks to cause me to do its will continually, seeks to dominate us, seeks to control us. But, you know, this war with sin is nothing new. If you have a Bible, go with me to Genesis chapter 4. First book in the Bible. It's to the left, Genesis chapter 4. Because even in the very beginning... Genesis chapter 4, God is talking to, to Cain. Because Cain, Cain has an attitude. And look at Genesis chapter 4, verse 6. It's on the screen also. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, which suggests to us that Cain has a choice, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. And its desire is for you. But you must master it. This is the very same thing the Apostle Paul has been teaching us in Romans chapter 7. Sin is ever present and its desire is to master us. But if we do good, if we don't give in to the temptation, if we don't give in to the badgering, we can honor the Lord Jesus Christ. So back to Romans 7. And see, Paul has already explained that the choice is ours. Romans chapter 6, verse 13, Paul 
reminds the church and us this. He says, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Paul says, stop it. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Verse 14, for sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Paul says, you got a choice to make, saints, at Rome and Discovery Point Church. Sin shall not be master over you. Present yourselves to God. Make the choice. See, our flesh has been infected and infested with sin for some of us for such a long time that it's trained in the art of sinning. And even though the old man, the old nature is dead, the flesh is still very much alive and wants to do its will. And Paul told us last week, Romans 7, 18, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. And sin wants its way with us. One commentator put it this way. He says, he says uh, rather, and the rather is, rather than doing this in and of our own strength, it is, it is the powerlessness of the man of flesh, including the believer, before the continuing power of sin, which reveals the powerlessness of the law. In other words, in other words the law can't save us. Even with a will strengthened by the law, the flesh controlled by sin prevents the translation of the desired good into action. Right. Putting it another way, when I want to do good, I don't do good, but I do the thing that I don't want to do, which is what Paul just told us. Right. And since sin has entered the world, it has focused on dominating us right. and controlling us right. and ruling over us, but we are no longer in Adam, we are now in Christ, and we are free, but the struggle is still there. It's like when you, when you had kids and they were somewhere between four and six, and you were out at the store and they wanted something and you said, no, not today. And they really wanted it and so they went into that mommy mode. You know, mom, mommy, mom, 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 mom. And by the 24th mom, you're like, okay, okay. Put it in the basket. You ever been there? It's the same way with sin. Because of this flesh, these hands, these feet, uh, this mouth, these eyes, this mind, our bodies have, they crave certain desires, certain pleasures, certain things that it, it wants, and it wants its way. And we have to stay in the struggle. Not in our own strength. Because there's help. And so it's a constant battle. It's a constant struggle. And sin and its will is contrary to our own will. And we get kind of pulled this way and that way. And Paul realizes that he's got a conundrum. Look at verses 22 and 23 with me. Paul says this, For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. Paul says, I agree joyfully with the law. 
that the law is good. And he's already said this, the law is holy. The commandment is holy. It is just and it is good. And the law is spiritual. And I agree with that, Paul says, in the inner man. Not the outward, but the inner man. The place in, in, in Jewish culture where our, our mind and our emotion and our will and our very bowels the place where our intellect comes from, our heart. He says, in my heart, in my mind, in the very bowels of my being, I agree with the law. And we're the same, right? We live day to day, and we desire to please Jesus wherever we are. Amen? Whether we're here worshiping together, or we're, we're at home with our families, whether we're at work, or whatever relationship it might be, we want to please God in everything that we do. But here's the conundrum. Verse 23, Paul says, But I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Paul says that I see a law of a different kind. Not the law of God, but a law of a different kind. And it is making war against the law of my mind. And my mind says, the law is good, but this other law says, hold on, not, not, not so fast. And it is making war with the law, against the law of my mind. It's this two-pronged attack here. Paul says, and... It's taking me captive in the law of sin, being present continually in my members. It's always here. It never goes away. It won't go away until the day I die, physically. And so I've got this problem. Is I'm, being, I'm being pulled this way because of the law of God, but I'm being pulled this way because of the law of sin. And I'm in this, Paul says, this conundrum. And sin wants to, 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 to woo us and to tempt us and even badger us sometimes to do its will. Now, just by illustration, uh, chocolate cake is not sinful. Let's just, let me put it out there. But I love chocolate cake. But it's not good for me, one who's trying to lose weight. And when Deborah and I are out at a restaurant and it's on the menu, I struggle. Because my flesh said, oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so smooth and moist and chocolatey. And then the ice cream, when they go down together, they're going to taste just, and you're, going to, you're just going to enjoy it so, so much. And don't forget about the icing. Rich and creamy and smooth and sweet and right, it's, just, it's going to be so good. But then my mind kicks in, yeah, but it's not good for you. It's going to add on a couple of pounds that you're trying to get rid of, and you really don't need it. And there's this conundrum. And so when the waiter comes, Deborah looks at me, do you want dessert? And I look at her, and she's like, well, okay, chocolate cake. Because my flesh has conditioned me so to, to, to think about how good and how pleasurable and how tasty it's going to be. But that's what the flesh does. Now, that, that's a humorous illustration. 
But some of us are dealing with some very serious issues. Whether it's pornography or, or, or alcoholism. Maybe it's adultery or anger. Whatever it might be, sin wants us to acquiesce to its wishes and its, and it, and its desires. And this is Paul's problem. And this is our problem. We don't want to give in, but sin wants us to. We want to honor God, but sin doesn't want us to honor God. And it's not this angel on one shoulder, an angel on another shoulder, and they're kind of going back and forth. No, this is my flesh, which has been trained for some, speaking for myself, some 24 years in the art of sinning. And it likes the pleasure that sin brings. But my mind says, no, we want to honor Jesus. No longer are we slaves to sin, Rod. And I have to fight this battle. The truth of the matter is simply this. The battle begins in the mind. Did you catch what Paul said? That he, he, he sees the law of a different kind, making war against the law of his mind. It begins with our thinking. I recall one time going home from work, and I'm getting onto the highway, and I see this billboard for antifreeze. Now, antifreeze is pretty benign. You know, it was interstate, and thinking, okay, yeah, okay, antifreeze. But next to the antifreeze bottle was a gal in a two-piece bikini. Nothing to do with antifreeze. But do you think my mind focused on the antifreeze and do I have enough in my car and I should check it when I get home? No. It went to what sin wanted me to look at. Oh, look at the pretty girl. Wow. As I'm on the way home to my wife. It begins up here. It begins in the mind. That's why Paul says this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He says, therefore, I urge you, I, I beseech you, I encourage you, brothers, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies, here it is, a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect it requires a renewing of our minds a different way of thinking about things a different way of looking at things a different way of addressing the desires of the flesh because quite frankly Rod can't do it in and of himself And even Paul in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 5, tells the church of Corinth this. He says, we are destroying speculations in every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought captive. And this war that is within us is 24-7. When I get up, it's there. When I go to bed, it's there. When I'm at work, it's there. If I'm driving, it's there. 
I'm playing with the dog. It's there. But Paul says, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And so this is Paul's conundrum. He's being pulled one way and then another way, and he can't figure out just which way I need to go. And so here's Paul's cry, verse 24. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Last week, Pastor Gregory said, if you don't see Paul's emotion in the text, then you miss something. And hear Paul's frustration. Oh, wretched man that I am. This is a cry of misery. It's a cry of despair and distress and desperation and disillusionment. Why is it when I want to do good, I do evil? All the time. I need help. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me? Who will set me free from this miserable circumstance? You ever felt like that? You get tired of sinning the same old sin and just, God help me. You ever been there? I know I have. It reminds me of when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. The night that he was about to be betrayed, and he he says something interesting. He says this in Matthew 26, 41. It's not on the screen, but it says this. He tells his disciples, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But did you hear what he said? Keep, Keep watching. Don't stop praying so that you won't enter into temptation. I know the spirit, that inner man is willing, but the flesh is a different story. That's why you keep watching and you keep praying. And Paul cries out, wretched, miserable, undeserving man that I am, who will deliver me from this conundrum? And we find Paul's confession in verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God through Jesus. So then, so then, on the one hand, I myself, with my mind, I'm serving the law of God. But on the other hand, with my flesh, I am serving the law of sin. The conundrum is still there. But the answer is Jesus. How do we win the war within? It begins with Jesus. Just a, just a few months, well, maybe about a year or so ago, COVID's kind of got me messed up with time. We talked, we, we, we went through John chapter 15. You remember that? And the message was this, to abide in Jesus. And in John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, Jesus tells his disciples this. He says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do 
nothing. And around verse 6, he says, you, you become useless if you don't abide. And so if we're not keeping connected with Jesus, who is our source and supply for everything we need to live a godly life, if we're not in his word, if we're not praying constantly, then sin is going to have its way with us. So we've got to abide. But there's something else. There's another answer, and that's simply this, the Holy Spirit. That we walk in the Spirit. Paul, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, tells the church at Galatia this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Did you hear that? Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Verse 17, for the, for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. That sound familiar? That sounds like Romans chapter 7. Well, it's Paul. Verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are, and he lists, the deeds of the flesh. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, I'm telling y'all again, that those who practice such things, Paul says, will not inherit the kingdom of God. If this vice list is a characterization of your life, Paul says, be warned that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Which is why it's important that we watch and pray as Jesus said. And I don't know what you're struggling with today. I don't know what your flesh has you bound up in today. But the answer is Jesus. The answer is to walk in the Spirit. Amen. So what do we do? Stay in the fight. Amen. Stay in the fight. Keep struggling against the flesh. I think it's, I was, I was probably eight or nine, I had a little 45 that I would sometimes play. And it stuck with me to this day. It's, it's, not, it's not spiritual, it's not Christian, but it was by James Brown. The name of the song was America is my home. And one of the sentences in the lyrics struck me as I was preparing. And that was simply this. You might give up. Just don't give out. You might get tired of the struggle with your flesh and with sin. But don't give out. 
Stay in the fight. Stay in the struggle. Abide in Jesus. Because he will give you what you need. He will give you everything you need to overcome the temptation and even make a way of escape. And then walk in the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide and control. And when he says things like, you know, you don't need that chocolate cake, walk away, Rod, just walk away. But walk in the Spirit. Because the Christian life, it is a struggle. It is a struggle with the sin that infests this flesh. But this does raise an interesting question as I thought about this. Because we, we, we battle with the flesh and we battle with sin each and every day. Amen? Even when we come to worship, when the church gathers in this place, we battle with sin. And I'm going to steal this from Pastor Griffin from last week. Is God mad at me when I fail and I give in to the temptation? How, how does that affect my, my salvation? Is God going to take it from me? Is he going to, to condemn me for my failures, even though I've had some victories? Will it affect my justification? Well, you know what the scripture says? Just come back next week. <laughs> because Pastor Greg is going to give us the answer <laughs> that you came back today for. And he will give you the answer to this conundrum of fighting the flesh and the sin that infects this flesh. Because whatever I want to do good, Sin is always there to find some reason to make me not do good. And we'll see the answer to that next week. But remember this, that God has given us not a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, we realize that at times living our life for you is a struggle. Because we are in, these, in this flesh which is infected and infested with sin and it wants to master us. But we thank you because you've given us everything that we need to overcome the flesh. And so, Lord, help us to pray and help us to keep watch. Lord Jesus, help us to stay connected to you so that we might have what we need to overcome the temptation. And Lord, when you open the door, that way of escape, help us to enter it so that we might flee the temptation and that we might bring you great glory by following your will and not the will of our flesh. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your word and we thank you for what you were about to do in us today.
And we ask these things, Lord Jesus, in your name. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.